Welcome to another episode of Making Magic with your host, Bradley Morris from Magic Media. This is the go-to show for purpose-driven creators to get inspired with innovative new ideas to produce your educational content, build thriving online communities, and turn your message into a movement. Okay, so I put together this uh, little partnerships and investment presentation uh, to support those of you that are asking the question of, should I raise money? What does that look like? Should I build a team around what I'm doing? What could that look like? Um, I've done both and I'll get into what I've done. Uh, I'm speaking from personal experience. Uh, the ways that I've raised money have been unorthodox. The ways that I've built um, partnerships and a team over the years have been unorthodox. So uh, I come from my personal experience. I mean, if you went to uh, an entrepreneurship incubator, they might tell you to, you know, sell capital and shares in your company and all the things. And um, this is a little bit different than that. So let's dig in. Do you need it? And is it a good idea? Let's mm -hmm. find out. So I am a strong believer that teamwork does make the dream work. This is uh, a true story. Uh, what I've built at Magic Media, what I've built at Magic Kids, none of it would have been possible if I tried to stay a solopreneur. It just, it would have been impossible if I tried to do everything that I have managed to do by myself. So uh, that should not say marketing strategy there. See, that's what happens when I build a presentation with an hour to spare before the <laughs> our Magic Minds today. So what that should say is... Uh, investments in mark and um, partnerships. So um, there's a few different options. I've taken all paths. One is selling shares. So an investor pays you money and they own a chunk of your company. So that if later down the road, you sell your company, let's just say they buy 10% of your company. And in five years from now, you sell your company for $50 million. They're going to own, they're going to get 10% of, of that $50 million that you sell your company for. Um, revenue share is a little bit different. This is a revenue based investments are a new thing. Uh, magic kids, I believe, according to our investors was the first revenue based, uh, investment in Canada. It's something that more companies are doing. So what that means is an investor gives you money and they earn a percentage of revenue generated. So we'll get a little bit more into that and what that actually means logistically uh, in a few minutes. And then the other is, and I've done this too. This is how we grew Magic Media. This is how uh, courses like the Great E-Course Adventure, my meditation library, uh, and a bunch of different things that we've built over the years have worked. And this is also what Magic Media does with our partners when we become somebody's team. We earn a percentage of revenue by bringing our skill sets and contributions to that. So this is basically a partner joins your company, they join you on your mission, and they contribute their skills, they work for the company, and they earn a percentage. So your revenue sharing with them based on what they're bringing to the team and the table. So those are the three options that you'd be looking at if you are raising investment or looking for a team. So for me, with my brief history of raising money, I've always tried to not raise money. I have tried to bootstrap as much as I possibly can over the years uh, because every time you raise money or you bring on new partners, you're giving up a piece of your company. So it is an important thing to think about. You know, when you're starting out, you do need 
people to come in. So you can pay them a wage, you can find somebody that can work for an affordable rate, or you can bring them on if you if they have passion and skill sets to really take on a leadership role alongside you and your skill sets and your personalities are aligned. So with Magic Media, we raised $120,000 in 2017, and uh, we sold 10% of ownership for that. So uh, one of my friends owns 10% of Magic Media. If I should ever sell Magic Media, they would earn 10% of that. I don't have any intentions of selling Magic Media. They understood that. So uh, as Magic Media becomes profitable, they earn a dividend once a year based on our profits in the bank. Um, I've also, over the years with Magic Media, I've given up about 15% ownership to business partners that have come in at different stages. So they also earn shares in Magic Media, which can become dividends and which could become capital if we ever sell Magic Media. Uh, for Magic Kids, we raised $111,000 last year. $7,500 of that was free grant money that we uh, applied for and got. And then the rest of that was uh, investments. We had three investors and they're all uh, revenue share investments. So they earn a percentage on everything that Magic Media and Magic Kids makes for their investment. And right now, which is why I did this presentation is because it's just top of mind right now. So it was felt like something to do. Uh, Magic Media is raising another $250,000 specifically for Magic Kids. So we are raising money right now. That's the game that we're in so that we can build our marketing team, secure our next 20 stories, et cetera, and, and propel ourselves over into the next year and a half, basically, of creating more audio stories and books. So why would you want to raise money? Number one is to grow your team. You need a team, whether it's video, videographer, editors, website developer, uh, having a marketing team, whatever it may be, it's going to require a team to grow your business. And sometimes it just makes sense to sell a piece of your company to accelerate the growth potential. It's kind of like, well, I can do it myself. It'll take four years or I could raise some money and do it in a year. Which do you choose? The path is ultimately up to you. Uh, number two is to build your products. So uh, when we raised money, uh, back in 2017, that was so that we could build a couple courses and, and expand our brand and all that sort of stuff. And then also, um, when we raised last year for magic kids that secured our first 16 stories, uh, and it helped us build the brand It built the, the, uh, printing and distribution channels and, and essentially built the framework for what we now have for our company. Uh, and then the third reason to raise money is to market your offerings. So maybe you need to raise money so that you have a significant marketing budget or can hire a marketing team. All of that needs to be thought through because if you're, you know, if you're raising money to build the product, are you going to have money left over at the end of that to actually market the product that you're building? So you want to work that into your budgeting that you're going to do if you do decide to raise money. So why seek partnerships? Uh, superpowers unite. That's number one. I mean, I've, my business partners over the years have always been my friends. We've been creative collaborators. I bring my vision and my skill sets. They bring their visions and skill sets, and we've been able to do great things together. Uh, number two, enthusiasm multiplies. So finding people who share your passion and purpose is a priceless asset to bring to your team. So if you can find somebody who has complementary skill sets and shares the same passion as you, it's like, why wouldn't you bring your powers together 
and use that electricity to make magic. Uh, number four is uh, if you seek partnership, it just keeps more ownership inside of the company. If you sell uh, shares in your company, chances are those um, the people that invest in your company are going to want, they might want voting rights. I mean, it's happened many, many times that uh, a CEO sells off a lot of the shares in the company and eventually the, uh, the board of directors and the investors kick that CEO out and they're not even in the company anymore. So if you're doing partnerships or revenue share, um, you're not going to get kicked out of your company. I have full control over Magic Media. Even the investors that I do have, nobody has voting rights except for me. So that's the way that I've structured it for myself. And I've been fortunate for that. Uh, so it's something to consider is like when you, depending on the business partnerships and how you structure um, the, the investment arrangement, uh, try to keep as much control as you possibly can. Uh, so you can keep steering the ship in the direction you want to go. Um, and basically with the, the idea of like building a team is, is having partners versus employees. So one of the things that we're working into that I worked into magic media for our partnership projects and that we're working into magic kids is, is offering a percentage of our revenue to the team so that uh, instead of hiring employees that this is just their job and they clock out at the end of the day that we're hiring ultimately entrepreneurial people, the keeping the entrepreneurial spirit alive inside of the company so that everybody has an invested stake in the success of the company and what we're, we're trying to do together. So that if we do great, then everybody gets rewarded with some form of uh, bonus check at the end of the month or at the end of the quarter. So just a simple revenue share example. So, uh, so that you can understand what revenue share means. Magic Media is currently raising $250,000. So we have 10 investment spots at $25,000 each. Uh, basically, that's 1% one, 1 of all revenue um, they will earn through Magic Media and Magic Kids. So the example here is if in the next five years, Magic Media makes $5 million in revenue, then they would receive a $50,000 return on their investment. They would double their, their investment with that $25,000. So for any of you out there to the, that are thinking about this um, and the way that I've structured in the past, let's just say um, you don't have a part, you don't bring on a partner to, for your whole company, but you have a specific project. Say you want to produce an online course. Jenny, I'm talking to you right now. You want to produce your dream online course, but you need a media team. So you bring on a media team to produce your videos, to produce your audios, to help you create the content essentially to make it come alive. And you'd be the teacher. You bring that team on and you say, you know, you guys come do all the media work for me. I'm going to show up and be the teacher and do what I'm great at. And you guys get 25% of the revenue for the lifetime of this course. So that's a very simple way to do it that they don't necessarily have to be your business partner forever. And always, you could pick a very specific project that is meant to generate revenue that you're going to build. And you could essentially have them earn just on that one product. And that's something that I've done in the past as well. Um, so there's a lot of ways to go about this. And it does, uh, for me, like my mind is always thinking creatively around like how, what are the leverage points here in my relationships? How can I leverage the people in my life, their skill sets, my our shared passion and interest 
And how can we do something together that would be better than if we all go about our business on our own? So um, as you're thinking about partnerships and investment and all that sort of stuff, just start to consider like, what are the leverage points in your network? Do you have hubs somewhere? Do you have people that you could ask if they would be willing to make an introduction to somebody that could join your team or potentially invest in you? And, and um, that can go a long way. So what you need if you want to raise investment or you want to enroll people in to joining your team, uh, number one is a business plan. So that could be two pages. It could be three pages. It could be 10 pages. I mean, uh, business plans, I wrote a business plan years ago that was like 50 or 60 pages. It was, it was insane. <laughs> you typically don't need a business plan that long to raise investment capital. Uh, for Magic Kids, our, our business plan is like, it's our pitch deck, basically. Um, so that's the second thing you need is you need a pitch deck, a 10 to 15 slide presentation that you could pitch somebody in less than 10 minutes. And they could understand who you are, what you're doing, what the company is, how it makes money, what the revenue potential is, how are you going to market it, et cetera. You're doing all that in 10 to 15 slides. Um, I'm going to share with you all our pitch video for Magic Media that we're sharing right now. It's a 10-minute video we produced on the investment opportunity. And you can see how we structure that conversation. I hired somebody to build our pitch deck and to coach me through the process. So that'll kind of accelerate your learning as well to structure your own pitch if you go this route someday. Uh, you'll need three years of projections. So that's the, uh, the really fun stuff of digging into a spreadsheet and creating a budget and creating the income streams and the revenue potential and all that sort of stuff and show how you're gonna grow the business over three years. Um, and then a list of investors or partners. So who are the people in your life that you would want to partner with? Or who are the people in your life that you would ask to invest first? So typically friends and family are the first people you go to, to invest in what it is that you're doing. After that, you ask friends and family to see if they know anybody. Uh, the people that invested yes yesterday, um, they're friends. I actually reached out to them to ask if they knew any investors uh, to pass the word along to. And they said, actually, we want to invest. So that's how that came about. So you just, you really never know. The the investors that we had, they've always come through friends. Even um, one organization that invested in Magic Kids last year, Thrive Impact Fund, um, they are, they're an investment fund and they were an intro through a friend. So you just, you don't know where, when you have the business plan ready and you know what you're going to use the money for, uh, that's when the magic aligns for you. So should you raise money or seek partnership? And this is this is the big question. Uh, what is the best way that you're going to get to the destination you're trying to go to? So um, the first question here, and these are four questions. I encourage you all to journal about these if you are considering investment. One is, what could you do if you raised the money that you want and need? So Make a list of all the things you would be able to do if you reach that goal. Two, can you get there without raising money or building a team? So is it possible to get there without needing to bring more people on or needing to sell a chunk of your company? Number three, how much longer will it take you to bootstrap it? You know, if the difference is it's going to take you four years to get there if you don't raise money and one year to get there if you do raise money, is it worth saving yourself four years and like, let's just get there this year? And then for how else can you do it without investment or par partnerships? Can you come up with other creative ideas? 
Uh, and feel free to, if you are thinking about raising, which Jennifer, I know you are, um, ask questions in the, in the, the form. I mean, I'm definitely not an expert on raising money. Uh, I am a newbie, but I've learned enough. I've had mentorship. I've hired people to help me. I've made multiple business plans. I've done pitch decks. I've raised money. I've done all these things. I've got grant money as well. So uh, I, I am a creative powerhouse when it comes to figuring out how do I get my needs met? I've brought partners onto my team. I have done all of these different things. And so each of you who are, are watching right now, you all have different ways that you're going to get to your end destination and create your products, create your business. And I'm sure we can come up with a way for you to get your needs met. And maybe instead of partnerships, you find interns that can do all your video work. You know, maybe instead of finding partnerships, you partner in a collaborative way with other influencers. Like there's, there's a lot of ways to go about doing this, raising money and, and having people actually join your business with you are, are just two of the ways. So uh, before we move on to hot seats, does anybody have any questions about um, this mini presentation? Uh, let's see. Jenny said, can you tell us more about how you find these partnerships and investors and how you decide if they're a good fit and how you determine the, the dividends they receive? Um, so I have never paid a dividend yet. Uh, Magic Media is like, you know, we've been putting all the money back in, which was the understanding our investors had is, you know, we're not going to pay dividends for a long time because we're growing the company. So that's where our capital goes is back into the business to hire more people to do more creative projects. Uh, because what we're looking to build is assets and a reputation for years to come. Um, so where to find investors? Again, friends and family is where you start. So once you get your plan, you got to go out and, and tell the people in your life uh, that believe in you, that love you, and, and pitch them on what this opportunity is. But there's also, um, there's angel investors. If you look up angel investors and then your particular area, if you look up, um, so one of the big ones, at least up in our area is impact funds. So impact funds are groups of investors that are looking to invest in specific projects that make an impact. So a lot of those impact funds are focusing on like the green sector, education, um, agriculture, like all that sort of stuff. There's, there's so many different kind of areas. So mental health would be another one that you could find impact funds. In the same way that you could search for investors and impact funds, you can also search out grants in those exact same things. So again, agriculture, mental wellness, et cetera, which is, I hired a grant writer so the structure I have with my grant writer right now, I pay her $20 an hour and she gets 10% of any money we raise. So we're trying to raise $250,000 in the next year, just in, in grants, which is free money, never needs to be paid back. And she would make her 20 bucks an hour plus $25,000 if we raise our, our goal of $250,000. So there's thousands of grants that are available in North America alone for so many different things. So if you just hire somebody that that's their jam. They'll ask you all the questions that, that you need to answer and they'll structure your, your grant applications and apply them for you. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, can, I ask, can I ask a dumb question to follow up that? 
Of course, there's no dumb question. By, by the way, I've been a grant writer for like the last decade. I think I've raised, but I amazing. Be doing both. I mean, yeah. Um, the what's in it? What's in it for your investors? Just because they want to see you succeed, that aren't getting money because you're reinvesting. I'm just thinking about. Well, for them, they didn't need the immediate return on investment. So they're investing in the long-term scope of the company. So when Magic Media is extremely profitable, they'll get a fat dividend at the end of okay. year, at the end of our, our year ends with the profits earned from the company. For other investors, like for the ones that, um, that just invested yesterday, they get 1% of all Magic Media and Magic Kids revenue. That gets paid out every single quarter. So they're making money every quarter based on our revenue. Um, and what we're using the money for is Magic Kids. The reason that we're including Magic Media in the deal is Magic Media owns Magic Kids. Magic yeah. Media is a safe investment because we've had year after yeah. year growth for six years straight. So for somebody to invest in that with the purpose of lifting up our new branch of Magic Media, that's that's what we're putting the money towards. And so... For a business, for example, like mine, where there, there's no guarantee. I mean, I think we'd like to think I'm going to be successful, but there's no guarantee I'm going to be successful. Is there something written into the agreement? Let's just say my uncle gives me five grand yeah. and then I don't make money. Yeah, I don't make enough to. Um, there's something in the agreement that says, you know, at a certain time, I would pay my uncle back five grand plus a certain percentage or something. That's right. So, for example, with the... Um with the investors yesterday, uh, the agreement is that they earn 1% till they double their income or double their investments. Okay. So when they get paid okay. $50,000, we're done, walk away, they've earned their money. And that's that. So with your uncle, if you put in $5,000 and you could do something similar that, you know, we'll pay you X percentage of uh, what I make until you've doubled your investment. So that's where you need to uh, get down on a spreadsheet and just like do some analysis of like, how much percentage could you give away for of revenue for that five thousand dollars that you're going to earn to make it to make it actually work? So that you know you don't want to give away too much of your revenue, otherwise you're not going to be able to feed the business and keep that growing. Everything will go back to paying the the loan to your uncle. Yeah, mm. you yeah, know, just, you can, I, I mean, if if anybody can, a line of credits are very cheap. You know, I took out a line of credit several years ago for a studio. And I think it was $30,000 and the interest on that line of credit was like $90 a month. So in some cases, a line of credit is great. It's different than a loan, which has higher interest. And it's different than a credit card that has really high interest, very low interest on line of credits, at least in Canada. Um, I don't know where, what it's like where other people are. Uh, do we have some more questions here? Uh, so difference between dividend and revenue share. So revenue share is its percentage of revenue. Dividend is based on uh, the company being profitable. So it's paying a percentage of its uh, profits at the year end to its investors. Any other questions before we carry on? Yeah, I asked if you pay yourself with that money. Oh, um, in the past. Yeah. I mean, I, with what we're raising, I'm not paying myself. No, my, my salary is secured. So I don't need to do that. Uh, it's more to build my team and make sure my team gets paid, uh, for past investments. When we raised our $120,000, absolutely. That was pay myself a salary so that 
we could just focus on building the assets that we needed through that. So I paid myself the minimal amount that I needed to make. Um, so for example, Jennifer, like if you're um, selling a piece of the company that you've just spent all this time building, um, you might pay half of that investment capital to yourself because you're selling your own shares in the company. And so you might pay part of that to yourself um, for the work that you've done to build what you have. And then the other chunk of that money might go into the company. And that's, that's entirely up to you. And you're going to have to uh, show the investor what you're using that money for. So if you're, um, if you're going to say with a $50,000 investment, pay yourself a $25,000 fee uh, for the work that you've done and for the shares that you're selling in the company, you're going to have to justify that uh, to the investor that's coming. in, And that's, I, I think that's pretty par for the course that, you know, if you're selling a chunk of your company, you're going to want to earn some of that for yourself. I'm sorry, can we go back to the dividend and revenue? I know yeah. it probably seems straightforward, but my brain for some reason isn't computing it. So I get the dividends, which is kind of the net profit of the company at the end of the year, and they get a percentage of that. Revenue share, when you said it's the revenue, can you explain that even further? So let's just let's just break it down to the simplest form possible. So uh, let's just say, you know, you make hundred dollars per one-on-one -on -one coaching client and you bring on an investor and they earn 10% of your company's revenue. That means that investor would earn $10 on every coaching client that is booked through your company. Make sense? And then we could scale that up even more. So let's just say they earn 10% on all the revenue that your company earns. So they earn $10 on all your one-on-one -on -one coaching clients. Let's say you create a thousand dollar online program. Well, they would earn $100 on every single online program. So with our investors, I mean, they earn money on, they'll earn 1% on all of our Magic Media partnerships. They'll earn 1% on all of our Magic Kids books, subscriptions, uh, wherever we earn at revenue, they earn 1%. So and what's interesting as you like grow your company and you build new assets and products, I mean, it's kind of unpredictable where all these new revenue streams are going to come from for you, right? Like as you create more products, more courses, membership streams, more people coaching under your umbrella, like there's just, there can be a lot of revenue streams that pop up over the coming years that you just don't foresee right now. And how is that different than a dividend? Because wouldn't the dividends be as a result of the revenue? Dividends are based on profit. People are going to invest in your company because they, they're a, either they just want to own a piece of your company as like a legacy investment of like, Hey, I own, I own a piece of Twitter. I own a piece of Tesla, whatever. And if the company sells in the future, you know, like all of us here, we're building, we're building our companies. The chances of most of us selling our brands and our companies in the coming years is fairly unlikely. These are things that we're building as a legacy project for ourselves. And this is something that we can all foresee ourselves doing. So, you know, I have no desire to sell magic media in 10 years from now for a billion dollars. Like that's just not, that's not my desire. I'm building something that I want to be doing forever and it's going to evolve as I evolve. So um, you're, if you sell shares in your company and somebody owns a chunk of your company, um, 
mostly, most times investors want like, what's your exit strategy is going to be a question that they ask you because they want to know at what point do they get paid? Because they get paid when you exit, when you sell the company, they get paid on your shares. And so who would want to uh, invest, buy a company that's not going to be sold? I mean, if there's the chance, like if, if in your business plan, you're showing like, we're going to be, you know, have a million dollars of profit by year five and you get X percentage uh, as a dividend from that, from that year onwards, like then they may be like, okay, this is a long-term investment that I'm putting in, which is the neat thing about revenue share um, investments that are the new thing right now is it's more appealing for somebody to be like, okay, I'll put in my $50,000 and this becomes a stream of passive income for me. As you grow, so does my passive income stream. And you can either not put a cap or you can put a cap of like, once you double your income or once you double your investment, you're done. But if you don't put a cap, it's like, you'll earn 1% forever. Uh, So for like our authors and illustrators at Magic Kids, we pay them a very small upfront fee. So authors get $500, illustrators get $1,000, but then they earn 25% each uh, for authors and 25% for the illustrators revenue forever on that book. So they put in the, the, the uh, four months of effort to, uh, to illustrate the book, but then it becomes a passive income stream that grows over time. So um for what you're doing, uh, revenue shares, just, it's a beautiful thing as long as you figure out what is the, the right revenue that's going to show them like you should double your, your investment within three to five years uh, and they get paid. Like for us, we pay out quarterly. So we, we do a, an investor's report every quarter. Here's the numbers. Here's the growth metrics. Here's what we did to like market and grow. Here's the new partnerships. Like just lay it all out in this big document, multi-page kind of reports of like, here's the story of the company from the last three months. And here's your, your pay. And it's fun. I, uh, the way that I'm now doing, it feels really uh, exciting to be putting these reports together every three months to be able to like, kind of tell the backstory of what we're doing behind the scenes, what struggles we had, what, how we overcame them. Uh, it's it's a fun process for me now to be able to do those reports. That help answer? Cool. Any other questions on this topic? Just by a show of hands, because I'm just curious, uh, how many of you are thinking about either finding a partner or finding an investor? Just by a show of hands. And Claudia, you already found partners. So <laughs> there goes that. So pretty much everybody. So was this helpful? Did it get some wheels spinning for everybody around like the, the potential of what you could do? For most of you that are that are like early stage starting out, partnership is probably the way to go when you can identify um, the needs that you have and what you're trying to build and what the revenue potential is. Finding somebody in your local area. There's a lot of starving artists out there that are lacking in purpose and passion that also have talent. So when you can find those people, and that's how I recruited Blair and, and Andy in the early days of magic media was, you know, they had all this talent, 
they weren't getting much traction with their own stuff. So I brought them on and rolled them into my vision and said, let's share in the, in the bounty of what we create together. And those partnerships have lasted. I mean, Blair's now, again, like we've come full circle. He's now one of my main producers for Magic Kids again. So there's, there's a lot of ways that you can go about doing this. And so I would say like stew on the questions that I asked in that last slide and share what you come up with and share what your intentions are for partnerships and we can help you figure this out. And one thing that uh, I, I guess that I left out of the slides is you need a minimal viable product. You have to show the potential so that if you're enrolling a partner and investor, you have to be like, so I made this thing, here it is. I know it's not the best ever, but just imagine what we could do with the right person or with your talents or uh, if we hired a media team to help me take this to the next level, you know, you have to sell people on the vision that you have and how it, what it would look like in its full potential. Cause you're selling them on like, this is where we are five years from now. Do you want to come on this journey with me? And then also sell them on yourself of like, why would I trust you? Cause I definitely would not have given my 22 year old self that was trying to raise money, anything. I would never have given myself anything in my early 20s. And in my early 20s, I thought for sure I should have raised money. So uh, definitely in hindsight, I, I know I know more. And I will, uh, Jennifer says she wants to go create her pitch deck. So I will post my, uh, my pitch video as soon as we get off this in the community so you can all check it out. And then feel free to ask questions, feel free to critique it. Um, I thought we did a pretty good job you got to keep the pitch under 10 minutes because you want it to circulate and you want to basically give people the download on what you're doing so that they can, um, they can make a decision quickly. Uh, one more question. Yeah, go for it. Uh, this is a design question. Do you start with a blank canvas on the Canva or is that a template? I, for my pitch deck, I hired a professional pitch deck builder. Um, I spent, I think it was $1,500 and, uh, she did a fantastic job. So I, I mean, Canva templates are, are fantastic because you can still tweak them and make them your own, but they give you some structure and they're, they're beautiful. I would say that's totally up to you. I mean, you want to, you want to inspire people with your deck, right? So whatever it is, make it visual, make it aligned with your brands, make them feel good when they get to look at it. And I was meaning these little mini presentations. Oh, this, this presentation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, no, that last one that I did on affiliates was like, uh, no, actually the last two were templates that I just kind of tweaked a little bit. Um, but my social media life and business without social media, that one was one that I made from, from nothing with all the stick men figures and faces and stuff. Sweet. Well, thus concludes our uh, should you get investors and partners. Chances are y'all need at least one person on your team to take it to the next level. I guess I have one more, two more questions. Yeah, Real quick. go for it. One, one is when you, when you post it in the, um, our little mighty area, can you put those questions below so we don't have to watch the slideshow to get to the questions? Definitely. That'd be great. And then um, you mentioned like bringing in people that are, you know, 
maybe like haven't found their way yet, but have skills. What about people who are really well established? They have a network. They might just come in, do a thing with you. I'm just thinking of a friend of mine who is, you know, a videographer and she's done this. Yeah. She does this for everyone in the area. I mean, the, I think the best place to start is to say, Hey, can we go grab a coffee? I want to tell you about an idea I'm working on and ask you for your thoughts any creative inspiration. And maybe if you know anybody that might be able to help do this. And mm -hmm. if she's really fired up in the meeting, mm -hmm. uh, then you could be like, well, do you want to help me do this? And we could figure out some form of, of partnership. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're going to be able to gauge people. If you read people when you're pitching them, you're going to be able to tell if they get the vision and if they're excited, if they're excited, then enroll them in the next step. What's the next step. Do you want to invest? Do you want to partner on this particular project? Do you have the time right now? Uh, and if they're a yes, then be like, cool. Well, let me go think about this and write down what I would want from you and how we could reciprocate that energetically, whether there's a exchange of money or uh, what the revenue share might look like. But you want to be clear on what their roles and responsibilities are so that you can delegate because this is your baby. This is your vision. Um, it's really important that you, the visionary, stay in the pilot seat for this, this journey. Yeah, I already had one person ask me to partner when they heard what I was doing. And I just was, a, it was a, like internally, immediately, everything in my body said no. I was like, I am not ready to share the steering wheel yet. Yes. And, yeah. Yeah, you have to, you have to honor that. You know, you really have to listen to that yes and that no internally. Like I had a meeting last week with uh, an investment fund out of Vancouver and they were asking me all of the wrong questions. They, they were only concerned about the money, the budgets, the return on investment. They didn't acknowledge the product. They didn't acknowledge our, like what we're doing and our mission. Like there was just there was no alignment. And so when they, when they email me afterwards, a follow-up, I just, I don't think this is a match. Like I just, mm -hmm. you know, points that really missed the mark for me. And unless they come back to me to try and like cover up and, and make up for where it was lacking in feeling for me, uh, it's just a no, because there's a better yes somewhere. I mean, there's 8 billion people on this planet and it only takes a handful of those 8 billion people to build your dream team. So if it's not a like, a hell yes, then it's a hell no, uh, which is uh, Derek Sivers talks about that. And he, he created CD baby and sold it for a lot of money. And uh, he has a life philosophy that if it's not a 10 out of 10, hell yes, then it's a hell no until it gets to that 10 out of 10. Yeah, I do. I mean, I think that philosophy works well for, for a lot of things. I, I will say as an, I'm an anxious person. Yeah. It's almost nothing that is a hell yes for me as an anxious person. And I've really learned to um, tone that down a bit because it, I, I think dichotomies and black and white thinking like that can be a little dangerous. And maybe there are some more options between hell yes and hell no that can be, you can miss some great opportunities. I think sometimes if you're only going for a hundred percent. Great point. Great yeah. point. But I, I, I see how, especially when you're dealing with money, that's probably really, really important. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Well, yeah. and it's a long-term relationship. If somebody's invested. Yeah. You know, what kind, you don't want a shark on your team. That's for sure. You don't want a shark that's like applying unnecessary pressure when there's already enough 
self-inflicted pressure coming from your own internal being to do the thing. You don't need other people telling you that you need more, you need to do more, be more, etc. So though you have to watch out for those red flags as well, because you know, when somebody's investing or when they partner with you on a project, it's a long-term partnership. So you really, it's gotta be like a, a personality match as well. Yep. Good vibes are necessary. All right, let's move on from this conversation. Who wants the first hot seat? Thanks for tuning in to today's Making Magic podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review. And if you didn't, remember, treat each other how you want to be treated. I invite you to come check out our Magic Media membership at magicmedia.com. That's M-A-J-I-K media.com. Our affordable, all-inclusive membership offers everything a purpose-driven creator could need to produce your educational content, engaging courses, and thriving online communities. The membership includes all of our premium courses, bi-monthly mastermind group coaching, and an inspiring, supportive community of fun-loving, dedicated entrepreneurs and creators to make magic on the internet with. See you there, and tune in next time.